Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Hi, I'm Pete Buttigieg, and this is The Deciding Decade. The experience of music, playing music, listening to music, sharing music, is a central part of life for so many of us, certainly for me. I played piano from an early age, took up guitar as a teenager. I'm no professional, but it's meant a lot to me as a different form of expression and a different way to respond to the world. Music represents such a vital perspective with the potential to cut across boundaries, habits, and prejudice. And musicians have a lot to offer, not just within, but beyond the world of entertainment. We live in a moment when we need art and music more than ever. Yes, as a way to stand apart from some of the pressures of the world, but also as a way to better understand and deal with those pressures. And that's why it shouldn't be so surprising that some of the most powerful voices in our political and social life today come from the world of music. My guest today is a perfect example. John Legend needs no introduction, but I'll introduce him anyways. John is a Grammy, Tony, Oscar, and Emmy award-winning performer, artist, activist, husband, and father. 
And all those awards make him only the 15th person ever to earn an EGOT and the first black man to do so. He has blessed our screens and our ears with beautiful, powerful, and important music, TV shows and movies over the years. And he is working passionately to restore rights and gain equality for so many in this nation, including through his work with his organization, Free America, which aims to tackle mass incarceration. He has been a leader in the struggle for racial justice, for fair and quality education, and so much more. He is a force for good in our country. John, really great to have you. Thank you, Pete. It's great to be here with you, and I'm excited to talk with you. I want to start with uh, what everyone has been talking about. There's been a very important decision. The people have spoken. The votes have been counted. And we now know who the new winner is uh, of the vote. Uh, luckily, his predecessor has been incredibly gracious and supportive. I'm speaking, of course, about the sexiest <laughs> man alive, Michael B. Jordan. How does it feel to be a retired sexiest <laughs> man alive? Oh, the pressure is <laughs> off. I feel so relieved, like a like a thousand pounds have been lifted off of my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> if only every transition was as graceful. <laughs> I'll come to, uh, I want to really excited to talk about some of what's going on in our country right now with you because your perspectives have been so powerful. But, but first I wanted to go back in time a little bit because you are also a product of the Midwest. You grew up in Springfield, Ohio, I believe, a community where uh, I think your father worked in a factory. Those uh, communities, that, that's something you understand very well. And I wonder, how do you explain a place like Springfield to people who don't know much about the Midwest? Well, my area was a very blue collar area. A lot of the people in my town worked at the auto factory where my father worked. Uh, he worked for a company called Navistar International. It was formerly known as International yeah. Harvester. Uh, they employ a lot of people in Indiana as well. In fact, uh, I remember when I was a kid, they were deciding between putting some jobs in Fort Wayne or in Springfield. And, uh, and so uh, it was, you know, it was, it was such an important topic of conversation in my community where those auto jobs were going. And as you know, that is a conversation that's had across the Midwest, particularly in Michigan, in Indiana, in uh, various places throughout the country. Uh, those jobs are very important. It was the reason that my father had a stable career. He uh, worked there until retirement, got a pension, and I understand the value of a UAW job like he had. It was um, critical to us living, uh, you know, a decent life where they could afford, you know, food for us, shelter for us, clothing for us, the basic needs that we we had as kids. How do you think that shaped you coming out of a, a community like that and in and, and a family like that, uh, especially somebody who's now so outspoken on on economic and racial justice? Well, I think it makes it, it clear to you that policy decisions, that uh, corporate decisions have an impact on real people. As my senator of my former state talks about all the time, Sherrod Brown talks about the dignity of work and how important it is that we value workers. I think it's very important that we do that in policy and, and, and in the way we talk about these issues, that we value the, the honest work of so many people throughout the country, uh, so many of whom aren't college educated, so many of whom are, are working um, in factories or in other jobs that are really important to the lifeblood of, of this country's economy and, and our communities, um, but sometimes don't get a lot of glory or fanfare. 
Yeah, I think one of the things that gets missed so much in conversations about the economy is how much a job can really mean, right? And, and whether yeah. you're talking about uh, UAW workers or, or people in, in professions, right? The ways that, you know, whether it's a firm event for a lawyer or a union picnic for UAW, that's where your spouses and kids get to know each other. It's, yeah. it's a lot more than just a job. And it feels like a lot of policies are designed to maybe make sure somebody still has the income when their economic life is disrupted, but totally overlooks how much else is at stake in the, the the patterns people grew up on where you could count on maybe a lifelong relationship with with one employer or at least a lifelong career in one industry, right? Right. And, uh, and I think it's okay to be nostalgic for that era, but we also have to be realistic that a lot of jobs aren't going to be lifelong. Uh, people are going to change jobs. They're going to change careers sometimes. They're going to have to go back and get retraining. And uh, we need to have, I think, policies uh, that are flexible for people and opportunities uh, for them to take some risks. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I was always wary of, you know, health insurance being tied to people's uh, job because when it's tied to uh, something that's not permanent, then uh, it's quite stressful when people lose their jobs. And um, to add the stress of having to figure out how they're going to take care of their family if someone gets sick, you know, we need to think about all of that. I, I think we can be as nostalgic as we want to be for an era when people kept the same job like my dad did. But we have to realize that that's not always going to be the case. And it's more likely than not, not going to be the case. Uh, and uh, we need to have policies that make it so that uh, there is flexibility, there's a safety net, there are opportunities in place for people who may have a more dynamic career path. Right. And we can design for that, right? Whether we're talking yeah. about healthcare, whether we're talking about yes. sick leave. I mean, the, there, there's no iron law that these Unemployment things Unemployment insurance exactly. uh, or UBI even, uh, all these things that would give people uh, some flexibility and respond to the fact that the economy is pretty dynamic. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. So I got to say, you're known to be extremely talented, but I'm not sure uh, people who don't know about your political side would have expected to hear you talking with a lot of sophistication about policy. You're, you're, and you've chosen to weigh in on these things. And I'm wondering, do you face pressure to stick to entertainment that that's kind of outside of politics? Or is it just the most natural thing in the world for you to talk policy and to be uh, such a larger than life figure in the entertainment world at the same time? I do face uh, some uh, criticism and backlash, particularly on Twitter. Mm. Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, plenty of people tell me to shut up and sing or or, uh, we don't care about your political opinions. Obviously, I think about these things a lot. I care about them and I talk about them because I'm interested and I care and I genuinely want outcomes that I think will be better for the country. And I say it. But you shouldn't value my opinion just because I'm famous and I have a lot of Twitter followers. Assess it based on the merits of what I'm saying. If you think it'd be terrible for the country, disagree with me, but don't do it because I'm a singer and I don't have the right to uh, speak out about it. Do it because you think I'm wrong on the merit. So I think we can all have these conversations. And my assertion uh, that I think all of us should share is that all of us have a stake in what's happening mm-hmm. in the country. Uh, We're all citizens. We vote here. We pay taxes here. And I always remember that government isn't some other thing. It's us. We pool our money together in the form of taxes. And then we elect people that we expect to represent our best interests and do what's best for the community. You mentioned Twitter. I want to talk about that a little bit. 
what are we going to do about Twitter? What are we going to do about social media? I mean, it's it's such an important part of how we communicate. And it's also obviously not a space that's exactly bringing out the best of all of us <laughs> all the time. Where do you think we're headed? Well, you know, I'm of two minds about it because on one hand, I really believe I've learned a lot by being engaged on Twitter. I, I think there are really interesting voices who I would never have known about unless I uh, saw a retweet from them from another person that I trusted on Twitter. And, and I think my circle of people I'm interested in and read articles from and, and, and read Twitter threads from, it has expanded. And I think it's been a good thing for me. There are so many issues I would have not known as much about. And I think a lot of voices who previously would have been marginalized by the corporate media structure uh, had an opportunity to be heard. And I think that is a really good thing. Of course, with that really good thing, there's also uh, the opportunity to misinform, to to use disinformation in social media. And we've seen the president... Uh, take full advantage of that and just repeat lie after lie after lie after lie and um, intentionally poison the conversation in a way that needs to be addressed. Um, when it's obvious that someone's lying and it's having a really terrible effect on the conversation and on people's lives, particularly when it comes to COVID and other uh, issues of life and death, I think these social media organizations need to find ways to censor that content. People can say it and not get arrested. That's free speech. Uh, but they don't have the right to say anything on any social platform that's privately owned or, or even corporately owned. And they don't have the right to say anything without consequence. They have the right to say it without getting locked up, but they don't have the right to just say it. You know, it's also the case that, uh, you know, for all the problems that have come our way through things like social media and technology, uh, it's also helped shine a light on abuses that people would not have known otherwise. Absolutely. One of the things I found when I was uh, I was uh, researching a, a book I wrote recently on on trust, and I found some writings from the 1990s when people were just trying to figure out what the internet was going to do. And yeah. some of them they sound really utopian now. You know, uh, one of them's about it, gushing about how you know in the future in the digital era everything's going to be driven by fact, and then we know it didn't work out that way. <laughs> but I saw another piece, and it was written by someone who specialized in studying the former Soviet republics, and he was a human rights expert. And he's writing about how, you know, as digital communications proliferate, it's going to become more and more possible for human rights abuses to be documented and they can't be denied by the regimes where they happen. Now, he was thinking about Central Asia when he was writing this, but I, I found this quote and it happened to be in the summer of this year. And I thought, you know, what he's describing is also, it's George Floyd, right? It's, it's things like the murder of George Floyd that we saw with our own eyes yes. and a human rights abuse right here in the U.S., how do you think that we can make sure that the empowering side of, of digital media for, for truth somehow can outweigh the misinformation that goes on there? Is it just something that the social media companies have to do? Do you think there are things that we can do as, as just ordinary consumers or those of us who have bigger platforms on, on Twitter? What can we do to make sure that that, that part of it, right, that, that's shining light on what needs to be seen, outweighs all of the noise and the misinformation and the cruelty that's out there? Well, thank you for bringing up George Floyd and the power of social media in uh, amplifying the message of Black Lives Matter and so many activists who have spoken out uh, for a long time 
about what's been going on uh, with police abuses, particularly in the black community, brown community as well. Another example of why social media is so important, being able to tell these stories in a way that's not filtered by the corporate media, being able to tell these stories that uh, we've known were real in our communities for a long time, but uh, we didn't have the proof because we didn't all have you know cameras on our phones back we didn't even have phones back in the time when uh, mobile phones back in the time when a lot of this stuff was happening. Yeah. But now we're able to document these things. And I, I don't like watching these videos. In fact, I avoid a lot of the videos because I just don't like seeing so much black death and pain um, broadcast uh, in such a ubiquitous way. But the fact that these videos exist is important and it has moved the conversation and social media has spread messages that I think are really important and uplifted the voices of activists uh, whose voices we need to be hearing. You mentioned something I, I really want to explore with you, which is the the kind of one-dimensional nature of what is often seen in the Black experience, death, injustice, harm, suffering. Uh, I think you mentioned uh, your, your recent album, Bigger Love, uh, not knowing, of course, the context it was going to arrive in, but how important it was to you that a broader experience be represented as a Black artist with a huge Black following and a huge multiracial following. What do you think it takes to, on one hand, you know, do the right thing and, and, and make clear that, you know, what these experiences of pain are. And at the same time, also do the right thing and make sure that the black experience is not reduced to injustice and suffering and pain, but is kind of amplified in all of its richness. And um, we experience the full range of human emotion. And we want to express that in our art. We experience love, we romance, joy, questioning, inspiration. Black people, and I think all people, want to see those images uh, as well, and not just uh, images of us being in pain, us being treated unfairly. Uh, I think it's important for us to also uh, show the range of our experience in this country and around the world, uh, show the uh, richness of our culture, and, and put that on display for the whole world to see. And not only is it the right thing to do, but it's also been, I think, proven to be commercially viable that we're showing the range of our experiences and that uh and that representing uh these underrepresented minority groups in this country um actually sells well too hollywood has i think learned that lesson recently in the past few years and it's been better for the creative community but also better for our audience that they're seeing a wider range of of images and stories and more voices are being heard than ever before uh part of it i think is kind of a, a fortunate consequence of just the sheer breadth of uh, entertainment opportunities that, you know, with, with Netflix and uh, Apple TV and HBO Max and Peacock, there's so many outlets for entertainment, which means there's a lot of demand for storytellers. Uh, as an audience member, it's cool to just be open, open to the idea that you can get a look into a different culture from your own, learn something, be entertained by it, connect with it and some way that's universal and very human. And hopefully everyone opens themselves up to that because you'll be richly entertained if you open yourself up to that. Uh, I mean, you know, I've been watching the Queen's Gambit. Uh, mm. I have nothing in common with the girl from the <laughs> Queen's Gambit, but it's very entertaining and it's very like interesting to yeah. see a subculture that I'm not a part of, but the stakes are interesting. The humanity of the person is interesting. 
and I can connect to uh, the person on an emotional level. So you mentioned something else a, a few times. You mentioned the, the kind of business side of this and, and you know, the, the commercial structures around the media, what it can pick up, what it suppresses sometimes. When I was getting ready for our conversation, one thing I did not know that we had in common was uh, working for two or three years in consulting before That's right. going into something we were more passionate about. Do you think your brief time in, in consulting and, and in that, that kind of corporate world shaped the way you think about how corporate forces now influence what's going on in, in the creative space? Well, I mean, I feel like I learned a lot when I was at BCG. I, I worked at BCG. I know you worked at McKinsey and uh, I applied to McKinsey, got one interview, but did not get the job there. Well, guess what? <laughs> I applied to BCG and didn't get a job there. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, both of those firms, obviously, um, they recruit from top schools around the country and they are places where you interact with a lot of other smart people, um, learn about things that you may have never even thought about before and have access to a lot of the top boardrooms in the country, whether it's corporate or nonprofit. And uh, I did a little bit of both. I felt like it was a valuable experience. Um, I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. I knew that music was the most important thing for me and something I was really good at and wanted to do professionally. Um, but I felt like my uh, time at BCG taught me quite a bit about how the business world works. And I think it made uh, the transition to me uh, interacting with my record label and all the other uh, business aspects of the entertainment business. Uh, it made it easier for me to make that transition and represent myself in a way where I was able to advocate for myself in the right way and uh, understand what was going on outside of the creative side of things. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Now, you also have a lot of organizational experience in building advocacy and uh, nonprofit organizations like Free America. Can you share a little bit about how that came about and, and, and what the future is of the work that you've been doing around the criminal legal system? Yeah, so we founded Free America a few years ago. Uh, I don't know if people remember my uh, Oscar speech, but I went up on the stage when we won uh, an Oscar for writing Glory for the film Selma. Uh, I went up on the stage. I talked about us being the most incarcerated country in the world and that there were more black men under correctional control now than who were enslaved in 1850. A lot of people were shocked when I said those things because they didn't even know that that was true. And it wasn't being talked about so much during that time. But since then, obviously, a lot more attention has been paid to mass incarceration. We've seen a film by uh, the director of Selma, Ava DuVernay, uh, a film called The 13th. We've seen a lot of people uh, on both sides of the political spectrum uh, advocating for changes in our um, prison system, in our criminal justice system. Uh, We've seen people going as far as saying we should abolish prisons, abolish the police, uh, to on the other end of the spectrum, at least uh, reform these institutions and and reduce our use of these in- institutions. All of these conversations have been had, and I feel like we at Free America were on the forefront of making those conversations more amplified, more salient, more uh, part of the broader national conversation. And we did it because we recognized that it was a major issue. I was inspired personally by reading uh, The New Jim Crow and other books about this issue. I was inspired by my own experiences, having family members who were in prison, in local jails, uh, caught up in the system in one way or the other. And just growing up Black in America, you just see how much prisons, jails, policing affects our everyday existence. 
And that's why we've been on the forefront of trying to make really significant um, change in those institutions. And when we started Free America, we started just by listening. We went around the country, talked to stakeholders. We talked to people who were still in prison, people who had uh, been incarcerated formally and had returned um, to society. Uh, we talked to district attorneys. We talked to uh, state legislators. We talked to corrections officers, uh, all kinds of people who had experience in the system and understood what was going wrong and, and, and had done some thinking about how to change it. Once we had kind of uh, done our rounds of really listening and talking to folks, we started advocating for certain policy changes. We, we got with uh, some Texas justice advocates, some California advocates, some Louisiana advocates, some Florida advocates, and uh, joined with them to advocate for changes uh, that were enacted by legislatures, changes that were enacted by ballot uh, propositions changes that were acted by governors uh, when it came to things like clemency and commutations. Uh, we've gotten involved in trying to make tangible policy change around the country. And we've also gotten involved um, with educating the public around the role of district attorneys. Uh, we got with the ACLU to do a Know Your DA uh, campaign where we taught people how important district attorneys are in your community. Most people don't realize that um, most cases don't go to trial. Almost all of them mm -hmm. are uh, kind of negotiated between the defense attorney and the, and the district attorney. And the district attorney holds most of the power uh, because they can pretty much tell the grand jury what to do. They can pretty much uh, dictate the terms that they want uh, in, in almost any case. And so their discretion is hugely influential. And if they have a more progressive inclination, if they, if they have an, a specific intent to not uh, lock up so many people, to use alternatives to prison whenever possible, to uh, um, do things that are more just and more fair and more uh, edifying for the community, they have the power to do it. And so we educated people that that was the case. And then also, I personally went out and advocated for more progressive district attorneys and state's attorneys in various major races around the country, whether it was Chicago for Kim Fox or Philadelphia for Larry Krasner, or most recently, uh, George Gascon here in Los Angeles. I got involved in those elections, educated people about the importance of those elections, because a lot of times people don't pay attention to anything under president, senator, governor. <laughs> right. Wanted to educate them about that and advocate for district attorneys that I thought would take the city or county in the right direction. This is such an important point because uh, I think that often when you think about, you know, who in the criminal legal system can play a role from a progressive or pro-justice standpoint, you think about public defenders and the work that they do. Yes, which is important. Uh, absolutely. But, you know, there's a case to be made that if you really care about justice, if you're thinking about reform and from a progressive angle, the best thing you could do is run for DA. Uh, or, yeah. or be involved in supporting somebody who's up for uh, for a prosecutor because of that discretion you're talking about. I feel so proud that I have been part of informing people about this. Uh, and it's really a new thing. It's a new uh, conversation that we're having that we weren't having 10 years ago. It just was not happening. And so if we have someone with the right values and the right sensibility in those offices, the outcomes will be better. And we've seen it. 
people like Krasner and Fox have reduced incarceration and crime has gone down in those communities too. How about that? So it, it shows you that you can lock a lot fewer people up and also reduce crime. And a lot of times people don't realize the cost of locking people up is beyond just the physical cost of having a staff there and a building and all the things that go into the building. It's an opportunity cost because every time you choose to do that, you're choosing not to spend that money on something else that could be better for the community. You're also causing harm to that person's family. You're causing harm in so many ways. And we don't count all of that stuff. We just count the physical costs, the uh, personnel costs, the cost of, you know, feeding and caring for them medically. But we don't think about all the other societal costs that come with us locking so many people up. And my belief is, in most cases, we don't need to lock people up. You strike me as somebody who is very clear-eyed about everything that's wrong in this country and not without optimism and hope for the future. Now, what's your level of optimism that the next decade will go well? And what would have to happen over the next decade for us to be able to look back with satisfaction from 2030 to 2020 and say, okay, it got pretty rough as of 2020, but then we turn things around? Well, I think the most important issue notwithstanding the fact that my uh, nonprofit is around criminal justice reform, I think the most important issue is our climate and how we respond to the challenge of climate change. If we don't get this right, it could mean some really terrible things for the entire planet over the next few decades. It, it could be immensely tragic for so many people. And we've gotten kind of a preview with COVID of what it's like to have a president who doesn't believe in science, a president who doesn't have long-term thinking, a president who isn't strategic about anything that requires um, multi-layers, multi-years, you know, all these aspects of tackling a big problem that um, the payoff for doing it right isn't immediate. Uh, we've seen what a president like that does in response to a pandemic. And climate change is even more challenging because the results aren't as immediate. The costs of inaction aren't abundantly clear in this present moment. And so it's a scary, scary thing because it's so hugely impactful, yet we can't see the impacts uh, at, a, at a sufficient level right now uh, to have a sense of urgency about it. So if I were to say an optimistic view of what will happen in this decade in response to that would be, one, we elected Joe Biden, who actually believes it's a real issue and has a real robust plan to attack it, um, and that there's a way to attack it without sacrificing the economy, without sacrificing jobs. And in fact, we would create jobs and, and it would be healthier for the economy and healthier for our infrastructure and uh, tackle uh, a major, major, major problem that could be uh, catastrophic if we don't attack it. Uh, so I believe there are plenty of reasons for us to get this right. That doesn't mean we will get it right, <laughs> particularly if Mitch McConnell is still running the Senate. But, but we have to. Right. Yeah, we have to get it right. And I think the benefits of getting it right are right there in front of our face. Mm -hmm. um, and and so 
I'm somewhat hopeful, somewhat optimistic that we'll actually do the right thing. And as President Joe Biden can do some things through executive order and how he runs the EPA as a uh, just kind of administratively, uh, he can do some of those things that we need to do. He can rejoin the Paris Accords and a few other things. But some of this uh, is going to have to be enacted by our legislature. And that means the Georgia elections are very important. (laughs) When I was looking over recent news stories about John before this conversation, I was amazed by the number of projects that he's taken on, from the voice to his new album, to his political activism, to being a husband and a father, to two beautiful young children, and on and on. He is a leading figure in the fight for racial equity. He's making a tangible impact in our policies and in the entertainment world. I think back to what he said about his inflection point, leaving a coveted job in consulting and deciding to pursue music with everything he had. We know that's not an easy thing to do, but it was a choice that had huge impact as his commitment to his passions wound up helping brighten the lives of millions. His story is a reminder of what's waiting on the other side, when you're ready to make that leap of faith and work on the things you care about. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why GameBridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. GameBridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information hey guys back to the playground again huh yep you know what this playground could use a wine country heck yeah 
and some waves so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.